This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. You know, there's just some things with God. There's not really an exit. (laughs) There really isn't. Um, There are transitions, and I believe God provides transitions simply because um, you have a sensing. You know, none of us have handwriting on the wall that, okay, stop here, start here. This is what I'm going to say. You know, we all have to follow our hearts. And I think there's some very strategic things going on in the body of Christ where God is um, guiding and training, loving all of us, um, affirming us, securing us, uh, helping us to know it's okay to ask questions, it's okay to have questions. Um, all of those things are a part of life. They're not immaturity. They're not, they're part of life. Humans always have questions. God made us, so apparently he made us allowed to have questions. Would you say? And I think that's wonderful. I love, uh, Matt has begun to, uh, I just felt the Lord wanted him to start taking over our worship prayer time and when he can. And um, so he has been. And I love the questions that he brings and the, and the one tonight, you know, what to do when you don't know what to do. Because I think so much of church life makes us not intentionally, no one intends any of this, but, you know, because learning environments can make you feel that there is a right answer and there is a wrong answer. And, you know, with God, it's not so much right and wrong as it is that which produces life and is profitable or that which doesn't. Um, and he doesn't judge us for the doesn't. You know, when we take these misguided um, turns. And the, the beautiful thing is not only is he a father of grace, he's a father of mercy. Um, you know, I was taught my whole life that um, mercy was the Old Testament manifestation of God and um, grace is the New Testament manifestation of God. And I'm like, wow, if that's not dispensational thinking, I don't know what is. But anyways, um, he's always, I mean, because he's a God of mercy, he can show us grace. I mean, I sometimes look at God and I'm like, duh, why did I ever think your mercy ended? I'm still a trip at times, aren't all humans? Aren't we all? Yeah, I mean, isn't that why Jesus died? I mean, isn't it? Jesus didn't die to perfect us. He died to be the perfection for us. <laughs> um, so um, I have some um, something fairly strong on my heart tonight, and yet also simple. Um, and I, I just, I felt like it's it's as if Matt's heart knew what God needed to do <laughs> to set the stage and even to, um, if I can be presumptuous and say anesthetize us so that, you know, we'd have a wide enough throat to swallow the big pill. <laughs> um, anyways... I don't know if that's kind of me. Um, I just feel like there are profound things God is doing. Um, I think, you know, even we could in so look around the room and say there are many fewer people here than what have been. But can we also realize God's doing something? He's doing something. He's bringing change. He's, He's even causing hearts to know places they're supposed to be. We always assume in church is where we're supposed to be. It's a great place to be, 
but it's not the only place that's of God. And so I think that's where God is maturing the body to um, walk in less judgment. That being said, I think we do um, need to put our hearts before God for what our personal life will look like in the earth as the role of, that God wants. Because, you know, we are His body. We're His body. Um, so I kind of, there were some things that were just kind of hammering, swimming around in me last week as Nate taught. And um, it's so beautiful because Nate, will, he'll come away and he'll be like, I felt like it was heavy what I brought. And I'm like, well, serious and heavy are, you know, two different things. Serious isn't bad. You know, it's kind of like some movies are comedies, some are romances, some are rom-coms, and some are serious historic happenings. You know, there are movies based on true stories, and some of them can have crazy details that are not always easy to watch, and yet there's an impact meant by all of it. So um, I want to look at, um, I think sometimes we so complicate walking with God. I know I do. I have through the years, and sometimes life makes it feel like it's complicated. Life can make it feel like you're not walking with Him properly um, because you don't feel Him or see Him, or you've prayed prayers and you've not yet seen the answer. And so, um, all of that being said, I I want to just start off by looking at this aspect that um, it's really astounding that God created this amazing planet. I mean this amazing planet, this planet that's filled with beauty, with the creation is astonishing, um, how life perpetuates. I mean, procreation is pretty crazy and radical and like, how? I mean, like, seriously? Like, how we reproduce, how animals reproduce, it's all crazy. I mean, would you agree? It's like, I mean, none of it makes sense. And, you know, each one of us came from like two, two cells that came together. I don't, I don't know, things like that. And I say, okay, God, you had such a strategy f from before the foundation of the world. You had a huge strategy. And, you know, it wasn't as if this all-powerful, almighty being needed to illustrate or paint a natural picture. It wasn't like he needed that. There was a desire in his heart. I think sometimes we think, well, because he's all-powerful, omniscient, he ha he owns everything, that he had no desire in his own heart, but he did. He had a desire to have a love being, to have um, a family. You know, we think of it in terms of families because that's how he's painted it to us in Scripture. But deep inside himself, he wanted to express himself. He wanted there to be another being that would understand that expression and reciprocate. And so he puts out this huge creation. And, I, and, and this creation has never stopped reproducing. I mean, like still, they build these, these you know, um, telescopes that see the end and, then, and they think, oh, wow, okay, so we found the end of it. And then, you know, like within a couple of years, no, it's still going. It's still going, and now there's more. And um, Grace and I were talking today about this this video that Heather always loved to show in the training center, and I think she's shown it in here and so before, where it shows like it moves out from planet Earth to like our galaxy or whatever, and then the universe, and then all the multiplicity of stuff to where then 
then our galaxy, not just our planet, but our galaxy looks like a dot that's swallowed up by all of these other physical existing substances. I don't know about you, but I mean, that causes you to ask the question like, okay, it's okay to not know because there's no way we'll figure it out. Are y'all with me? Uh, this kind of stuff, I love, some people said, I don't, I just can't even handle you because I don't even, I can't track with you. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you can't track with me. But there are people who can track with me. And so, you know, I'm like, I love to sit like a child and be blown away by the fact that God does things that I cannot fit inside a book, a doctrine, or my brain. And it's really reassuring to me that he's the one that's in control of my life. Well, when I let him be, which is some of what we'll talk about tonight. But he's the one who wants to govern and protect and guard and cause me because I'm created in his image. You're created in his image. He wants me to live a physical life that looks like his spirit self. But in, you know, like, like where is illustration? That, I mean, can you just sit for a minute? I mean, I came from a drug era, and it's like to free the mind, you know. Well, how about we just free our minds with the truth? Like, you let this hit your brain, and you will go on some trips in the spirit, because God will take you places and say, if you could grasp even a, a millionth of what I intend of goodness for you, you will live an abundant life. It's crazy. So I love to go deeply into places that I can't figure it out. And, and then he talks to me and says, but you can trust me. So don't be afraid of the things you don't understand. So anyway, so we got this crazy world that he gave to us. But then he gave us this privilege. He says, okay, I want you to run it. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Everyone, I mean, there's all these things like on Instagram and all social media and all these places like jokes about adulting. I think the body of Christ has a real problem with wanting to adult. I think we like to stay babies. I think we'd like to just sit on the blue chairs. I, I know I would. I'd like to just sit on the blue chairs and come in on Sunday, get a few goosebumps, you know, know that all my needs are met that I have a covenant with God. You know, none of this was what I was going to say, but I, I just think we're such interesting beings. And God is so wonderful that he still looks at us and loves us. He looks at us and he never has an unloving thought towards you. Do you, I mean, can you believe that? I mean, scripture tells us he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He doesn't think ugly thoughts. There are certain things that even maybe we as parents have done. He doesn't think like that. He's, he's not tripping over what his kids do. He's not thinking, oh my gosh, I've got these good kids over here, you know, at this church. But these ones over here, I mean, they're charismatic and they're just freaky. And they embarrass me with how they act. He never thinks like that. He doesn't think like you don't measure up to what I want. He never thinks like that. In fact, he's so merciful and so gracious that he will take our crazy mistakes and the scriptures tell us that he will turn them around for our good. He will turn them around and teach us a lesson and guide us and love us and walk with us every step of the way. He's not one of those parents that say, when you go in public, don't you dare embarrass me. Well, I mean, it's a good thing because the body of Christ can embarrass the heck out of him if he were embarrassable. <laughs> 
Because, I mean, we misuse so much of this, and we beat people up with this, and we do all kinds of crazy stuff. So anyways, so here we've got this God. He builds this fabulous planet. I mean, it's like the ultimate um, amusement park. And he paid for us to ride every ride. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, literally, I've built you to do this. You can tend and keep. I love Genesis. I'm telling you, if you can handle, like, not knowing, but receiving from him, play around in Genesis, especially the first couple of chapters. Just play around and, and just catch his heart for creation. Catch his heart for who he says we are. I mean, he literally spoke blessings over Adam and Eve. I mean, he, he didn't tell them, do fruitfulness. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Just be. Like he said, and, and his words are the seeds that cause everything to come about. So all the stuff that he, you know, we say, well, Scripture, he expects these things of us. But he's the one who made us able to do them. Amen. So he said, you're able to tend and keep. And the tending and keeping wasn't like, you know, make sure it's all neat and there's no weeds. No, it's keep things alive. Just like keep things alive. Can you keep things alive? I don't know about you, but sometimes I wonder if I can keep things alive in my own life. Anybody else ever feel like, I'm going to put both hands up. I feel like that sometimes, but that's why I want to go where I want to go tonight. So Because the tending and keeping, if, if we can grasp, this tending and keeping begins, okay, take a deep breath. Okay, take it seriously, like take another one. Okay, take a deep breath. I'm going to take a couple because i got to say it. It starts in here. It starts inside me. If I grapple, say no condemnation. I like to say that because there really is no condemnation with God. However, there are consequences. Not coming from him as punishment, but there is an enemy arrayed against mankind. And there is a negative bent on the planet, not put here by God, but um, perpetuated by people, you know, Hosea 4, 6 in the scriptures in the Old Testament says, um, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Not a, a lack of knowing chapters and verses, but a lack of intimately knowing me so that they can walk in life. My people perish. And, and yet God, God also would say to us, no condemnation. I'm not, I don't want you to feel guilty. I'm not saying things that I say in scripture to make you feel guilty. I say it to open your eyes. Like when he said, um, to Adam and Eve or to Adam, Adam, where are you? He didn't want Adam to feel guilty. He was like, dude, I want you to know where you're saying, oh my gosh, we're naked, we need to hide. And he's saying, let me start to guide you on a path of how you'll gain an understanding of why you're all, because you've been naked, dude, you've been naked. I mean, since I spoke you into existence, you were naked. But see, it wasn't the physical, my body doesn't have clothes on that Adam was talking about. It was a, I feel uncovered. Why? Because he stepped away from the gracing to live on the planet, to live in his role in the earth of tending and keeping. He was still the dominion figure. He was still in the role as tender and keeper, but he didn't feel like it. He wasn't able to picture it now. All of a sudden, he's thinking, he's just looking at himself like, what, what happened? Do you know that still in church settings, we use fig leaves? 
We learn chapters, we learn verses, and he's like, I just want you to come to me. I just want you to walk with me. When you walk with me, you won't feel naked. You won't feel ashamed. So how we handle daily life or existence is where it all starts. And I want to go there because there, there are a lot of changes coming. There are changes coming to sow. There are changes coming to Living Faith Church. There are changes coming to the, to the body of Christ in the States, in all the different continents. There are changes coming. There, God is, um, has enough matured people to where he can, he can shape some, th- some things differently. People are envisioning, and so he's he's wanting to prepare our hearts for some strategies that will really release the gospel, the good news, the good news, you know, not church rules, the good news. You know, sometimes I think in the church, we want to be almost like politics. you got to choose your party. I'm not going into politics, but I'm a registered independent. I don't want to choose a party. I mean, that's neither here. Well, actually, it is here or there. Because, I mean, in the church, we like get, let's get in the right denomination. Let's get the right teaching. Let's make sure that we listen to the appropriate stuff on YouTube. And it's not that that's wrong. It's just if that's where our faith is that we've been taught properly, rather than Jesus is my Savior. Father God is my Father. He's guiding me. Sometimes it's not, I'm not going to completely understand how he guides me. And so... I want to go here because I want to share just some things that I feel like um, he said, share, things that went on in my heart as I listened to Nate last week, because a lot of times what Nate brings has a lot to do with surrender. If, have you noticed that? It's it's a lot to do with surrender. He's a <clears throat> very deep worshiper, and he'd, he'd rather not be visible. <laughs> he'd rather be behind the scenes um, serving God, loving people privately and all, but he's been called to public ministry. Um, so, so what he brings has a lot to do with surrender. And I want, I want to look at that in some simplistic ways tonight. Um, so saying that the tending and keeping starts inside of us, um, it kind of says that our capability is, you know, for tending and keeping is dependent on turning to him. I'm turning to him. The slight thing that happened with Adam and Eve was the taking in some information from a wrong source. The wrong source was wrong spirit. In other words, it, it was not, it was not an atmosphere of life. It was not a being of life. And, and it twisted what God had actually said. Anybody feel like a little bit of that could be happening right now in your life, that something's trying to twist what God has said to you? It can feel really disturbing sometimes, right? Um, Which is why he says, gather. Gather so you can encourage one another. Gather so that you can tell one another the truth in love. You know, so I'm... I'm here. He tells me the truth in love. So I say, okay, you want me to say that, Jesus? Yes. So tell him the truth in love. Um, so, so then turning toward him, we reign over the things that would distract us. 
You see, sometimes we wonder, why do huge things happen in the earth or in my family? You know, some of the things that, you know, we might feel like, what have we as a family done wrong that this happens to our family? Many times things have come generationally, down through generations and generations. I mean, a lot of genetic stuff comes that way. It's come from way back. And so this is why God's like, don't, don't focus on trying to figure out who you can blame. We ultimately know who we can blame, darkness, right? So let's not try and blame family members. Let's, let's walk in the blessing. And so some of it is God says, you know, if you just turn to me, then I'm going to show you how to turn some things around. And so he gives us family life to walk in. He lets us choose a mate. And then we come together in agreement and we say, well, I like this that came from your family. I like this that came from my family. We bring that in. Ooh, that other stuff. No, we're not bringing that in. We're going to draw a line in the sand. See, all these things have to do with tending and keeping. We wonder why everything gets screwed up on the planet. And it didn't happen overnight. It happened through a multiplicity of families in the earth getting a little bit more and more misguided from what God actually wants. You see, church isn't what God wants. <laughs> Let me just get a Kleenex because, I mean, sometimes you say, that, I love the church and I love gathering. I love going to church. I love coming together with everybody. I'm just saying, it, what, this wasn't God's idea. Gathering was God's idea. Church pews and church ritual and all, that wasn't God's idea. That's not his idea. And if you, if you want to really know whether that's true, just look at the life of Jesus, the Savior. Same scrolls as Israel, Jews, same scrolls as the Sadducees, the Pharisees, but he had the audacity to go past the boundary of the synagogue door and take it to people that weren't Jewish. <laughs> Whoops. So, and he, and he says, I only do and say what God told me, what the Father tells me. So, he wasn't saying this is all wrong. He was just saying it's bigger than that. It's, it's bigger. It's very personal first, but then everything we do personally and everything we allow in our lives personally, he wants us to understand no man lives to himself and no man dies to himself. So, everything as we do as individuals affects everybody else. And um, I haven't explored this a whole lot lately, but I did a little bit quantum entanglement, and I'm like real curious about it. I, I am no physicist. I have not had a college degree or anything, but I'm real, I'm real curious about some of that kind of stuff in quantum physics because faith acts like that. Like, do you know that like a particle doesn't come into view until you look for it? Particle is a small, it's like at the very center of an atom, and it doesn't come into view until you look for it. That sounds very spiritual like God to me, because he says, if you look for me, if you seek me, you'll find me. So then he begins to make the beginning pieces of the material world out of something that you only see when you look for it. I don't know, but I mean, that just makes my brain go tilt. So the quantum entanglement thing about everything being connected in weird ways, um, like I'm not saying, you know, a tree, God's in a tree, but he did create the tree and he did give Adam a commission to take care of the tree. And, and God still guarding the planet. So don't freak out. I don't think everything on the planet's going to just disintegrate and go up. I don't think the planet literally depends on whether I love a tree and hug it or not. 
though I do love trees. Like seriously, I love looking at them. I'm, I'm an acorn freak. All of that I'm saying because it's time for us seriously to be no condemnation, but to go inside and say, okay, Lord, I want to take my life, live it with you, but then I want to be peaceable and entreatable to other humans. I want to come together with other humans because God says when you come together with other humans, the power of your faith and their faith, the power of your life and their their life, there's a power when you put together and you come into agreement. And in Genesis, I think it's Genesis 11, correct me if I'm wrong, Gracie, the Tower of Babel, one of the translations said that nothing could have been denied them because they had come into one politics. That's scary, right? They had come to be of one mind. And so, and they wanted to build a tower to heaven. And so he confused some things. God's like, well, I'm going to keep my baby safe. So I'm going to confuse some things for them because they're on a wrong track, but they're building. Oh, I don't like the way he just connected some things for me. So he has me come in here tonight and say he's making some changes in the church of Jesus Christ. Because some of the things we, we think we're building, he's like, mm, mm, mm. no. So we have the power to reign over the things. Do you know that, um, you know, the Bible says everything that you set your hand to prospers. I think sometimes we confuse ourselves because we want to think, well, so let me be positive and the things I set my hand to with the positive thing with chapters and verses, that's what increases. No, everything you touch increases. So if you touch things wrongly, it's still going to increase. This is why there are things, families on the earth that have the curse manifesting generation to generation to generation because people are living wrong and then they're touching forward and then those people, that's the way they're used to, that's their norm for life. Say no condemnation because we're not going to hate and live in unforgiveness. We're going to forgive the relatives in the past and say they could only do what they knew, but now I know better. I know better. And so I'm going to love backwards and forwards. You see, I mean, Grace and I were talking, too, about prophetic nature, prophetic nature. Don't look to be a prophet, but don't make prophecy just, I'm just going to give everybody a nice word. There are nice words, but there's also an intention. God says, I want you to speak truth. I want you to speak it forth into the earth, and I want you to call things into order on the planet. And when you do, it'll prosper. Don't you worry about you making it prosper. It will prosper. When you touch with life, that's an ordinate touch. See, we talk about all these things going on, you know, in the world, children being touched inordinately. Do you know that the earth is touched inordinately, sometimes by the body of Christ? Saying that sickness and disease is a punishment from God, that's a lie. That is not true. It's a consequence, not a punishment, and none of it comes from him. Pastor Barry used to say, where would he get it? What's he got, a closet filled with, you know, whips and belts and punishments and sicknesses and diseases? No, because if he comes near something, come on, guys, if he had a closet and he went near the closet and picked something out of it, it would come to life the minute he touched it. Ah, Jesus, help us. So we reign over things. I want to reign with light. How many people want to reign with light? With I just want to reign with light. I want. I'm not gonna. I'm tired of being embarrassed by things I do wrong. I do things wrong all the time, but then I like know it inside. He calls us to know, doesn't he? And he's like, you know, 
let's lean this direction, Cap. Let's, you're, you're thinking, mm, no, that's not, no. Like, he helps me know when I'm crazy. He would not tell me I'm crazy, but I will literally sit with him and say, oh, Jesus, I know, I'm thinking crazy right now. And he doesn't say, ugh, yeah. No, he speaks truth to me. Okay, so we're going to look at surrender for a few minutes. Okay? Um, Surrender. Now listen to this. If you don't get anything else tonight, please hear this statement. Surrender is a continual practice, not an arrival point. I mean, it would be nice, like, if, well, I finally matured and I live a surrendered life. Really? Until you're tempted again. So God wants to help us to recognize that it's a continual living with him, okay? With each day, now listen to this, you know how I say, often I'll type things in my notes because I feel like he wants to say it that way. With each day and the things that happen within that time frame, we have numerous opportunities to make choices to lean into God or away from Him. We speak of being born again. I mean, probably, hopefully, every one of us in this room, we have at least an idea. I mean, I remember like like it was yesterday. I was eight years old the day I turned my life over to God. It was such a supernatural experience, but it was in a denominational church. And so the teaching I got after that, all it really taught me was that I now had a home in heaven. I'd have to suffer through for Jesus, but then I'd have a great life when I got to heaven. But I know that I was born. I was born new. On that day, I turned my life over to God. Um, so we speak of being born again. We know that that means born of God. Um, we're his offspring. Think about that. Where if he calls us his sons, we're his offspring. So we're an offshoot of him. If you saw any pictures of my father, you would know I was Don Steele's daughter. In fact, when my hair is wet and I come it straight back, my, my oldest brother, Don Jr., looks just like my dad. And I look in the mirror. It's kind of creepy because I, I just look like a man. I mean, I look like my brother Don when my hair is wet and I have no makeup on and I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm Don. That's how much I look like my dad because I'm his offspring. I'm his seed. I look like him. I've got some personality aspects like him. Um, so we speak of being born of God, but think, I want you to think about it. I don't want you to just depend on a date. I don't want to depend on my date the day I was eight years old, I don't want to depend on that day. I want to realize that he gives me chances over and over every single day to have what I'm doing born of him. Now, I'm not saying you have to be born again and again and again and again. I'm just saying our experiences in life can be, you know, like when we freak out and do something really stupid, then we can say, Lord, I, I stepped aside from the way you were guiding me. I think most of us know when we step aside I'm just saying, if, you know, we have his spirit in us. So it's like, when we do something, then, I mean, when I do something, I'm like, sometimes it's like we presume on his grace. I don't want to admit that I presume on his grace, but I know that I do at times. Because sometimes there's this thing, I don't feel like it. I've gotten now, so I'll say to him, I don't want to, Jesus, but I give you permission to change my want to. 
I mean, there's no use me not saying it out loud to him because he already knows. He's like, I know you don't want to do this, girl, but. But I mean, there's all these opportunities. Guys, do you understand what what a beautiful thing that is that God gives us a chance over and over. He gives us opportunities every single day to choose differently. And he says, I'll, I'll teach you. So um, I, can't, I, I was thinking about a phrase, and if you've not been listening to Pastor Gavin's stuff, li- listen, check it out. Li- and, and if you come on Sundays but you don't listen, listen. Please listen, because he's, he's painting some pictures with his words. And so this phrase hit me the other day. I thought, wow, what I feel to share on Wednesday has to do with mind over matter. But I was thinking like physical matter, you know, like, you know how he's teaching mind and brain, the two different things, that mind is your spirit and, and brain is the physical parts of us. And so um, I thought, God wants to teach us how to to live mind over matter, like to let our mind cover the matter, cover the gray matter, cover the the brain. I have some things programmed into me, some of them from denominationalism. Yes, there's still some fibers there, and I can tell by how I act sometimes, um, even presuming on the grace of God, you know? I mean, sometimes that just comes from we got all kinds of doctrine sewed up inside of us, and we can whip those scriptures out and justify everything we do with a chapter and a verse. You know, it's kind of sick, right? Anyways, um, so mind over matter. So I, I want to go to, um, yes, I am going to do scripture. I've actually spoken numerous scriptures to you the whole evening, the spirit of the scriptures. You understand scriptures aren't scriptures when you quote them exactly from one of your translations. They're the scriptures because he's spoken them into our hearts and wrote them on our hearts. And so, um, again, I refer you back to, to listen to some of the teaching. You might even hear it differently after tonight, some of Pastor Gavin's teaching, because he's very practical. He's a person who wants rubber meets the road kind of stuff. Like if this word doesn't work every day in my everyday life with the things I face, the difficulties I face, what good is it? I mean, God said there's life here. Okay, so I want to go to Romans 12. Nate went there last week, but I want to read it from the Passion. And if you, um, I, didn't, I didn't give the girls this scripture. It's just Romans 12, 1 and 2. But I'm going to read from the Passion. And if, if you want to close your eyes and listen, whatever, however you feel to do it. But it's so, this is so profound. And it's very profound um, in the passion, the way it's described. I think sometimes we think being a living sacrifice, surrendering all these things, it's like really heavy-duty Christian behavior. And, and in truth, it's actually a simple enablement that he made us capable of doing because he speaks words to us that cause us to trust him. And when you... You know, trust him a lot of like, um, you know, groups that get together will do that trust fall exercise, you know, where you like the people you really love and trust your people stand behind you and you just sort of let yourself fall. And then back in, I don't remember whether it was the 80s or the 90s, the nest tea commercial where the person would just fall backwards into the pool filled with iced tea. I always thought that was so stupid, you know, but anyways, but it does illustrate a trust fall, you know. So God's like, you know, I'm going to catch you. I'm not going to catch you because you do everything perfectly. I'm going to catch you when you fall. 
Can you trust that he will catch you when you fall? Not just when you fall on purpose, but when you fall, thinking you knew. Okay, so now I'm going to read it. And, and I want you to even think about um, this, this book is written by the Apostle Paul, and he had a father heart. He yearned after humans. He yearned, um, and the, the deep yearning was put in him by God that he would not just teach people because he thought people should, should act right. He yearned that Christ would be formed in people. He yearned that people would, would come to a place where they let their life just be in God. Because he had been radically saved. Radically. Ra- I mean, like, radically saved. So now he's like, oh, you, you need to know this God. He said, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? Now, if anybody knew about mercy, I think Paul knew about mercy. I mean, there's some Christians in heaven right now that he killed. No, seriously, guys, lots that he killed. I mean, they went home early because of him. Sometimes you got to think about scripture like that. Like, seriously, the dude killed people and did it in the name of God. How sick is that? We still do it sometimes with wrong teaching. We don't literally make people bleed, but they do. Living under condemnation and guilt. He said, I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing, now listen to this, all that delights his heart. Think about it. What delights God's heart? Not just well-behaved kids. Kids that are safe and alive, unashamed, unafraid. That's what delights God's heart. He's not after a squeaky clean family. He's after an alive family. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. I love a song service. I, I, we worship tonight. He's, he was worshiped, but then, like Alex said, it flip-flops, and, and then he just begins to host us in his presence. And touch us. Stop imitating ideals and opinions of the culture around you. That might be the culture of the world. That could be the culture of the church. Some people think they're safe as Christians because they act like church people. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through, uh, listen to this, a total reformation of how you think. See, this is why mind over matter is so powerful. My brain has some really crazy ideas. I mean, some of it, I could freak you out with some of the things I still think. I've been in this house 34 years. You'd be shocked if you knew still some of the things that I think sometimes. (laughs) It's really not, I mean, it's like shocking. But I'm human. I mean, God has helped me to embrace my humanity, which has proven to me I need him. I need him so that I don't harm the people around me or myself. I could do harm to myself every day in a lot of different ways. And sometimes I do just by my crazy thinking. 
So this reformation of how you think, he, when we lean into him, he'll do a total reformation. He'll reform your thinking. Like I used to think I knew about the love of God. And then there are some things that transpired, you know, like in my life, in my family's life. And I began to see the, the love of God a different way. I was like, whoa, you are so not judgmental, God. I mean, it blew me away. Like some of the things that I began to see, wow, I never thought like that. I, I really, I thought you were, had checks and balances, you know, like our United States government. <laughs> which is laughable. I mean, there ain't no checks and balances now, baby. But I mean, it's the same thing in the body of Christ. We pull checks and balances out when we want to balance how we're acting. But then when the people in the world act that way, kill them. Or we'll see somebody live a certain way and say, there's no, there's no way that person's born again. Which means that we think we deserve to be born again. But they don't. Seriously? Like, you think that thought ever went through God's head or Jesus's? And, and just so that, you know, like, let's just keep in mind, Jesus wasn't a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just have to say that. I, I mean, I, if we think about it, well, obviously, he was the Christ. Yes, he was in Christed. That's what God wants for us. Not a tag. And I'm not dissing being Christian. You guys, don't hear what I'm not saying. Please hear what I am saying. Because there is a reformation. There's a reformation happening in the embodiment of Christ for the sake of reformation on the planet. Because God intends for this planet to be alive. There's a lot of people wanting to fold up the streets. Jesus, please come back and rescue us. And he's like, I made you empowered to basically give my rescue to the planet. But you won't even let me rescue you. This is all the notes I had. So a lot of this, I'm like, sometimes the flow of the Spirit can be incriminating. I'm like, ugh. A total reformation of how you think. This, this reformation, this reformation, <clears throat> will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Sometimes I think we think satisfaction is like so that you'll satisfy him. Like even when people teach from Hebrews eleven six that you can't please God unless you walk in faith. If you do a word study on that word, please, it actually has to do with fulfilling the covenant. Like it's not just like, okay, my daddy's happy with me. No, it has to do with when, when you trust him, when you walk by the faith that he gives you, you, you are pleasing him. You are fulfilling how he ordained that you would live your life. It's not like, well, Kathy doesn't please me today, but grace, I'm very pleased with grace. Grace is just graceful and lovely and sweet. And she knows the word, but Kathy acts like a lunatic. So she doesn't please me. No, it's not that. He would never say, because if he said Kathy doesn't please me, I'd never please him again. Do you understand that his words, when they're spoken, yeah. 
His words, when they hit an atmosphere, they do what they were sent to do. That's the whole thing of Isaiah, where when when I send forth my word, and so there, I just want to tell you all, he's sending forth some word to your hearts, to your minds, to, to reform some things, maybe even how you think he looks at you. He wants to reform that and say, no, 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 you think I look down on you. You think that I'm judging how you're handling your life. You No, I just want a better life for you. I'm not judging you at all. I'm going to teach you to discern and judge what is profitable for you and what is not profitable for you. I mean, Neil and I don't choose between our three kids, the ones that please us and the ones that don't. We love them all. We love them completely. Like you can't even say you love them the same. You just love them completely. We love their individual. They're so different. The three of them are so different. They, I mean, unless you see them around each other and around us, you wouldn't even think they look alike. But we love them all the same. There's no judgment. There's, we are a family. We are tight. We are not a family. We don't accept one another because we see eye to eye. We accept one another because we accept one another because we accept one another. We love each other. That's Where does that come from? I mean, that's not because we're good parents. That's because God is a good parent. And so he's reformed a lot of our thinking. Are you all with me? So there's an empowerment. (laughs) Like the intensity of the truth that God wants to put inside your heart tonight, you are part of a very large strategy on this planet. A very large strategy. It's been in God's heart from before he ever said, let there be. Your heartbeat, when it's in tune with his is so powerful to touch the lives around you, even if you don't say a word. Atmosphere is everything. The atmosphere on this planet is so mixed up. It's so mixed up. And unfortunately, so much of the body of Christ, because we've fought for hundreds of years for our own denominations rather than on behalf of those Jesus died to love. We've fought to prove who's right and who's not. Almost like children that are jealous of one another. I want mom and dad's attention, and I want mom and dad to say, I'm the one that's handling it right. That These things shouldn't be so, guys. Are you all with me? And, and you know, honestly, so many people, and this is the sad thing, sit in church not even knowing that's the kind of stuff that's going on. They just have been taught to believe this way, and then, and grandma believed this way, and grandpa, and, and this is just, and nothing against, God's not against denominations. They just weren't his idea. Do you understand that's a form of prejudice? It's a form of prejudice. God's not the author of prejudice. His children are so diverse. And every one of us is necessary. Every single one of us. To him being seen on this planet. He's that diverse himself. That we're all an expression of him. 
So like Paul, you know, the King James says, I beseech you, brethren. I'm like begging you all tonight. As things change with so, leave your heart hooked to this principle of the school of word and worship, the schooling, the, the training, the, the learning um, aspect. Just be teachable in whatever unfolds as God reforms our house and takes it to the next level with the multiplicity of generations because some things you may be like, I don't understand. Don't try and don't worry about understanding. Just present yourself to God and say, I want what you want. So I know you'll cause me to recognize your movement. There is a move of God in this house right now. We are so blessed. We, we are so blessed. There, there are people that are visiting us. Um, recently there were some people visiting us and, um, I think one of the group wasn't even born again yet walked in, a man came in and, and, you know, was being given a tour and started to cry along as the tour was happening. And he didn't know what was happening to him, but he was sensing, he said, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. God, the presence. We sit in the presence of God when we gather together. Now, we know He's everywhere, but we sit in the manifest presence of God. People can feel Him. People that don't even know Him yet are feeling something. And I'm not saying, oh, isn't living faith wonderful? He's doing that in many different places. He's drawing people. I can feel Him drawing my heart. Uh, tonight, I could feel Him drawing my heart, and I thought, oh, wow, well, you know, I ask questions all the time, like, okay, so, you know, Maddie and the team, that's so beautiful, what's happening? Does, does that need to continue? But then He's like, did I give you this word? I'm setting the stage. I'm setting the stage. It's all apart. Like, it's one, I mean, we truly do, like, He's my son. We have one heart. Not my blood son, but my love son. But we have one. So he's the one that's leading tonight there. I'm leading here. And God was preparing because you guys are that important. You're that important that he wants the rhythm of your heart to affect the planet. You know, Abram didn't realize how much his heartbeat was affecting the planet. I mean, you got a dude sitting out in the middle of the desert. Give me five minutes. Okay, because it's time to end, but, and I want to honor your time, but it, the dude's sitting out in the desert, basically worshiping the sun on me, but he's got something inside of him crying out for something else. His interior, there's something bigger than me. How many people out there, but the church loves to say new age and witchcraft. Did, did, there's, there are people who their interior is crying out, there's something bigger than me. There's something bigger than what I've seen thus far. So Abram's out there like that, and then God comes to him. The man is the father of faith. He starts talking to him, telling him you're going to have as many offspring as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. Do you know that some of the stars you see and may see when you walk out that door tonight are not even in existence anymore? But because of the, they're so far away that the speed of light took millions of years for them to get here. Don't trip. Just look it up if you want. Google it. Just Google it. If you don't believe God, me telling you from God, Google it. But seriously, some of those stars aren't even, they, I mean, they burned out in Noah's day, but we're just now seeing them. This, the supernatural stuff 
This whole planet, including you, is supernatural. So we are actually the dream because he was dreaming about a nation, a one nation, like a planet where people would actually be each other's peeps. Not divide up by denomination and color and nationality. Please, Jesus. Ah! I mean, sometimes I, Sunday, you all had us in such a place. I was screaming the name of Jesus. I was like so glad, like drums and everything was like way loud. Because I, I found myself standing on the front row just like screaming the name of Jesus. Because honestly, that's the answer in this day. Proper doctrine, proper, I love doctrine, I love teaching, I love the word of God, but I'm going to tell you all something, God is doing something on this planet and you're a major part of it, and so I encourage you tonight, just accept it, just accept it, don't even worry about what it looks like, it doesn't have to look like church ministry, in fact, please, let it not. Let it not look like church ministry. Let it be something fresh where God literally is saving. He's saving me personally. So when I come up here and my passion unleashes like this, it's because I am being saved every single day by Jesus. When I have days where I'm freaking out and I'm saying, can I like be crazy honest with you guys? Like sometimes things unfold in life and you say, Jesus, what the hell? Seriously, because it's hell manifesting to somebody you love or to someone in your family, and you're like, seriously, Jesus? And he comes, and he calms my heart. And he says, I've got him. I've got him. I'm going to tell you one last thing, because, and I wasn't going to because this is so freaking personal. But on Sunday during worship, I had this encounter with Jesus, and um, he took me back to a vision I had uh, probably 20 years ago at least. But this time, I'm standing right there, and as it was getting bigger and bigger, um, I realized he's standing right in front of me. And so I kept my eyes closed just seeing him, and he just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, I'm talking huge, like he was up beyond the ceiling. And then he reminded me of the vision I had 20-something years ago, and he was once again standing behind our house. He was standing behind our house, huge, and he bent down. I mean, our house was like, he bent down and he picked our house up. Because for me in that vision, our house represented the Morrises. And he picked that house up and he held it close to his chest. And he said, I have so got you all. And when he said that to my heart, I saw past my grandchildren into their children and their children's children. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus. You are the Savior. You're my Savior. You're my Savior. The stuff I see happening, I refuse to be distracted by it. I will not. I will not let go. And I encourage you, you may think your imagination is taking you to wild places. Go there. Go there. Take those things. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. But some of it might, and and do, do hear what I'm not saying now. Some of it's going to blow your doctrine away. He's bigger than doctrine. I like good doctrine, but how do any of us know what is actually the exact right doctrine? Jesus took all the doctrine that he learned in the synagogue, 
And he went out in the field and took it to people that would actually receive it. Maddie, will you pray? You pray. I can't pray. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your love, for this love that we do not deserve, for this love that we could not earn, for this love that just desires to pull us closer and closer and closer and closer, so uncomfortably close. <laughs> and God, I just, I just pray that even tonight, um, as we go home, um, that we would just be like Abraham, just and find ourselves deep within ourselves, like yearning for something more, yearning for something deeper, yearning for something greater. It doesn't have to look like anything. We don't have to get it right. It's not about how you, what you do but that you would just establish that hunger and just that there's, oh my gosh, there's got to be something greater. There's got to be something more. And that you would just encounter us in that place. That we would encounter the love of the, of the Father like we've never encountered Him before and that it would just, it would just pull us deeper. It would just pull us deeper, deeper in love. So much deeper in love that um, we would just begin to, to leave those unrenewed or fleshy parts. Just, they're just dropped by the wayside. So we love you. We love you so much. We take this love seriously. We take this love seriously. We take your love for us seriously. And so we just give you all the glory and the praise. And... I just bless y'all's weeks. I bless y'all um, as you finish out this work week and just be with him. Just be with him. In Jesus' name, amen.